Hey Insomniacs, welcome back to another episode of The Night Writer, a podcast just for you. Uh, we have got a great episode for you today. Scary, but jaw-dropping. And it's going to be a bit of a true crime episode this week, told to you by our guest, filmmaker and director Lars Henrik. So, have you ever wondered about specific places in the world that just has this bad energy? You know, you look at something and it could be a house or a town or village and just a lot of bad shit has happened there and you can't explain how or why. It's just this evil that seems to be lurking around. Well, Lars is going to tell us all about a specific town in Germany called Northheath, which is his hometown and was also the home of the Heath murderer who did some crazy shit back in the 90s. He stalked and killed a bunch of poor women and he used to keep them in this hut in the woods. And Lars was saying um, when he was a kid, him and his friends went playing in the woods and stumbled across this, this boarded up house. And it turned out to be where the Heath murderer, murderer used to sort of live. Um, it, it sounds very fairy tale esque, you know, very Hans and Gretel, uh, Little Red Riding Hood, set in woods. Um, oh, creepy! But and this is and this is a true story. Lars Henrik is a filmmaker, writer, and director based in Hamburg. His films, such as Leon Must Die and Bear Kittens, are available on Amazon Prime, along with many, many others. And you can find out all about him on his website, which I'll link below. But um, some of his some some of these films are filmed in the North Heath woods and let's just say um, he was telling us that it becomes a very interesting experience <laughs> when you film in places like this. So I'm going to be picking his brain about all about this place and how growing up there actually influenced his writing and creativity. So disclaimer, there's going to be a lot of graphic description and violent description and it's about, I mean it's about a serial killer, he did some awful but, but true stuff so if you have a weak stomach and weak ears perhaps it's not for you. If you want to watch this interview, head over to our YouTube channel, The Night Writer Podcast. There's actually a really funny moment when um, Lars <laughs> describes everything that's been going on and all the stuff that this this the Heath murderer did in like graphic detail. And then later on, um, he's mid-sentence and he goes, oh, can I swear? And I was just like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> priorities. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there's swearing, there's graphic description. Just, uh, just a typical night ride podcast. So uh, enjoy it if you can. Be brave, and I will see you in the next one. Bye. Hey, everybody! Uh, welcome to another episode of the Night Writer Podcast. Uh, I'm really excited and really pleased to welcome this week's special guest, Lars Henriks. He's a filmmaker and an actor from Germany. Hi, Lars. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm really excited to dive into this because um, we're going to be talking about you know filmmaking and all of that. But uh, today is also a bit of a true crime podcast because when <laughs> you got in touch, you um, told me a story in one paragraph, and I I just remember reading it, thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Like twist after twist was unfolding. So, <laughs> you please tell us all about the uh, Northern Heat. Okay, yeah. Um, where to start? How to start? Um, I yeah, I, I, I pitched you that area because that's that's where I uh, grew up and it informed a lot of my um, writing. And I thought it 
it uh, would maybe uh, fit your interests and uh, the stuff you usually uh, cover on your podcast. It might be intriguing for your audience. Um, the Northern Heath is, is a, a landscape, basically, first of all, a region in Northern Germany. Um, and it's a, it's a rural area um, where not much is, is going on. And even like uh, the other day, I read a book about, um, uh, about the silent movie era in Germany, where uh, some classics were shot in, in, the, in the Northern Heath. And um, I think it was some uh, British writer who described it as this sparse and depressing landscape, uh, which I think people there would not agree with. Um, it's, it's typified by, by, uh, by, uh, by this, this plant. I mean, heath, I guess that's, that's something people know. Uh, and, and when it blooms, it's all uh, purple. So uh, you have these gentle hills uh, all in purple, um, this yeah, rural area where, where they have like a special kind of sheep. So I guess it, it would like to look idyllic to people, but uh, it's actually an area where a lot of really creepy, disturbing stuff uh, has been going on and is going on. Like I, I've, I've, um, I've uh, left the area to move to Hamburg uh, like 10 years ago, but then for a time I was, I was back there. And uh, while I was there, I think two murders happened uh, right around uh, the corner from, from where I lived. So um, yeah, I think uh, the, the, the main thing I uh, wrote to you about was the Heath murderer, right? Yeah, it was, it was that. And it was just the way you set it up. Um, I was just thought, oh, we've got to get this guy on the show. <laughs> so- <laughs> Because there's so much to unpack. I mean, not just about the area, but about that as well. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. fantastic that that th- th- that whole case actually has become kind of an, a minor obsess- obsession of mine. Um, like the 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 um, the village where I grew up is surrounded by uh, by a forest, by, by by a deep forest, and and uh, as kids we would. Uh, roam through the forest and play and uh, one day we came across when I was I don't know like eight nine years old we came across a um, a hut in the forest I think uh, yeah it, it just looked like a kind of nice little house but it was all boarded up um, and then then other kids would tell ghost stories about it it's a, it's a haunted house and um, when I actually found out what that house was um, they were closer to the truth than maybe they knew. Um, that was the house where the Heath murderer, who was a, um, a serial killer in that region, would take his victims. Um, so in the 90s, there has been uh, this, this guy, uh, I think he was in his early 20s, a graphic designer. Um, and uh, uh, well, he started out in, in Hamburg, actually. He started out in Hamburg. I think he killed one woman in Hamburg, uh, abducted her from, from the streets. He, like, he did horrible stuff. Uh, definite trigger warning, but I won't go into oh, oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll all trigger the warning. details. Yeah, I'll trigger warning everything in the, in, the, I'll, yeah, in the beginning. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, so the, sorry, how far away is Hamburg from, from uh, Northern Heath? It's, it's, it's an, an hour's drive, okay. I think. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so I think he, I think he grew up in Hamburg. 
um, and and he was this this young graphic designer guy. And the way he described it, he would just at some point get this urge to go out and kill a woman. And uh, he would he, he's really we're, we're talking about the, the the worst kind of scum, like everything uh, one would imagine uh, what would happen in a in a terrible terrible horror film. He did. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I, I think uh, he he uh, he killed his first victim in, in Hamburg, and then and this is what makes this whole thing pretty scandalous. Um, then he abducted his second victim, and he uh, abducted her from the street randomly, like he would do. He was he was like a, a strong guy. People also described him as as incredibly handsome and charming. Uh, I, I read a, I read an article about the um, the, the 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 process where he was um, where, where, where uh, yeah where his case was um, uh, his case oh I'm I'm sorry English is a second language I'm 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 lacking the words but um, you know what I'm talking about like uh, every um, uh, Zeuge, uh everyone who would who would talk about him. Um, uh, every witness, uh, every every, especially like in 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 the in the article that I read, every female um, every female witness would first of all point out how very charming and nice and friendly and and awesome he was. So I don't know, he apparently had something. So his second victim in Hamburg too, uh, he uh, just just grabbed her on the street. Uh, he he tied her up. Uh, really brutally, uh, then, then, then he sort of tortured her with a knife and uh, raped her and and all that. Um, and I don't know how, but she got him to let her go. Really? And yeah, and 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 he, for some reason, set her free. And she went to the police, and he had to appear in court. And the judge, and this is, I think, 1989 in Germany when I read this, it, it blew my mind that this happened. The judge said that poor young man couldn't know that she didn't want to engage in uh, intercourse with him because she was gagged, so she couldn't say no. So he wasn't, he, so, so he wasn't uh, written up as a, as a sex offender because oh. uh, the, the, the judge well, said, that's not right. I know, I just... Yes. Really? Yes. Unbelievable. Believable. So that's why later they didn't catch him uh, because he was uh, his name was nowhere because because they they I, I think he he got charged with battery or something but uh, he was not noted as a sex offender because that wasn't rape because she couldn't say no because she was gagged. Oh so um, so after this he moved to that small village where I I grew up. Um, before I was there, um, and and he moved to that village, and he had like he had like a, a, a flat or or a house. Apparently, he was uh, a bit wealthy, where he would live with his fiance, and he had a uh, he had a weekend house in the forest, and that was the house we later stumbled across. And uh, in there, he would um, uh, yeah he he, he would he would uh, do his hobby activities, I guess uh, he would call it. Um, and he went on to abduct, uh, rape, torture, and kill several young women uh, in there um, until he was finally caught. Um, like he, he would he would chop them up and uh, just just uh, um, 
have them uh, put them out in the in, in the forest in pieces so people would go jogging and uh, would find an ear oh and that's God. how uh, yeah uh, and like years later people would still find pieces of his victims in in this these forests surrounding uh, that that village um yeah at, at, at some point uh, at some point they 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 finally caught him there um he he uh he, he got um I think uh, he, he went into an uh, asylum for the criminally insane, where apparently, next twist, his psychiatrist, a uh, female psychiatrist, fell in love with him <laughs> and helped him uh, to flee. And uh, the, the pair wanted to get to Israel together. And I think at the, at the airport, uh, they were caught and, and he, was, he, was, um, he was being put back. And like a couple of years ago, uh, a friend of mine told me um, she was working in like, like as a, as a um, I, 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 I don't know, it's, it's, it's not her original profession. So I'm not sure in what capacity she was working there, but she was somehow uh, for work. She was in, in that um, asylum for the criminally insane. And uh, some inmate chatted her up and he was so friendly and so charming. It was so nice talking to him. And after she was done talking to him, uh, so, uh, someone of the, of the, uh, some orderly would, would take her aside and say, um, please do not ever talk to that guy on your own again, because that's the Heath murderer um, who she knew who that was because I had told her. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's our big serial killer. But um, apart from that, like it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, the the horrors this region offers up it's as if it's like a a, a black hole that sucks in disturbed yeah. people like there is a energies yeah yeah I, I don't know uh for a while i thought all small towns are that way everyone who grew up in in, in a small town like if you read stephen king or something like that like yeah. uh, all, all horror writers seem to be from from little villages and traumatized by that so maybe it's just a small town thing but but but, but he's like the the big serial killer of, of in the past couple of years but there have been like uh after the war there was a butcher who would uh butcher people and feed them to people because uh, there was a famine um and and th 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 then later, like a couple of years ago, there was a guy who um, who drowned his wife and daughter in uh, the idyllic lake in that in that um, in that village, and uh, yeah, stuff like. And, and while he did that, we were shooting a movie in that in that forest. We were not very far uh, away from that. It was pretty shocking to find out. Yeah, all of that was going on at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. We were we were shooting a film. It's called uh, Second Commando versus Cthulhu. Sadly, no uh, English subtitles so far. But it's um, yeah, it's 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 a little tiny little comedy about actually about uh, that small town and and horrors going on, but but uh, taking the whole thing very lightly. And we were shooting in the forest, very close to to that to that lake. And then uh, like a week later, we found out from the news that. Um, while we had been shooting there, a guy had drowned his uh, wife and child in that lake. It's creepy, yeah. Um, just going back quickly to the um, the Heath murderer. Yeah. Clearly is some a guy, I mean, looking at it from like a character perspective, um, is someone who's obviously very charming and really handsome and could just charm his way out of anything. And you, you kind of think about these serial killers like Ted Bundy and all of that, those people, um, and how they use that to manipulate their victims into doing their bidding and doing getting them to do whatever they want 
I mean, to charm like his therapist and to actually bring him and then running away with him, it's got to take some, some skill to do. Yes, yes. I think that's the most fascinating part of the, um, of the whole story. Uh, I don't know. Um, the, the guy, I, I mean, I keep bringing, bringing it up in, in, in the movies I make. Uh, we, we made a film called uh, Bear Kittens, um, which is basically set in that forest. And at some point, a character comes in and, and uh, tells all our protagonists the... the, the, the um, can I swear? Yeah, of course. Okay, the fucked up history of that of that uh, <laughs> forest, <laughs> um, and makes it out to be haunted, uh, and uh, all the things he says are actually true, um, and he I, I think he just uh, sort of mentions the, the the Heath murderer in passing, but but that whole so story, yeah, it's so insane. Plus, it's such a, um, I mean, I I think it's pretty relevant that that in 1989, a judge in Germany said, uh, well, that's not rape because she was gagged, so she couldn't say no. Um, I, yeah, so I don't know. That I would me, that makes you really angry. Just yeah, know. right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, like so that whole up, story, like her whole, just to not be to be dismissed like that, and then to have him walk. Yes. And then he went and he had a fiance, so he had this like family life. Uh, in this in this town, and then at the same time had this, you know, playhouse in the woods where he would take, presumably, uh, victims from the town, or yeah, yeah, places, and then he'd drive I, into the town. I don't know too much about the other victims. I know uh, a little bit about his last victim. Uh, yeah. He knew her. Uh, she was she was from the town. She was like a teenager. Um, and uh, he he was uh, there's a. So, so the little village is, is like an hour from Hamburg and uh, the little village is close to um, the little village that, that, that does have a train station. But um, at that point, at, at that time, uh, in, late at night, there wouldn't go trains from the, the, the next bigger train station. So there's a, there's a slightly <laughs> bigger village, um, like uh, a 15 minute drive like an hour walk uh from from that little village and uh she i think she worked in hamburg or something she came back to 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 the the, the slightly bigger village and she didn't want to walk uh all the way so uh he offered her to uh to drive her they, they, they knew they knew each other they were i think neighbors and he told her uh he had little puppies at home and asked her because they knew each other like if she uh, would like to uh, take a look at them and she said yes and uh, yeah that did not play out well really horrible horrible stuff honestly yeah I mean I mean I she presumably got in his car because they were neighbors and she thought she knew him yeah right and right. he was a nice guy yeah people and liked him people trusted him she didn't want to walk home alone or walk alone because she was thought she might get followed and there's like a thing going on over here in the UK at the moment because um a young woman Sarah Everard was murdered um she was walking home alone and there's this whole thing going on about you know women walking home and you know how they feel and I feel the same like sometimes when I'm out walking and it's, it's late at night and you sometimes feel like you're being followed it's like that you know, what are you meant to do? And then when you have someone offer you a lift that you know, you know, what's your reaction? Do you get in? Because you know the person, but never in your wildest dreams would you think that it's, um, it's going to be like a serial killer. But then statistically, a lot of these serial killers are, they know the victims most of the time. Um, and it's just, 
yeah, do you think that something like that actually happened, like in your uh, air, in your town? It's just quite horrific. Especially yeah, right. Not there as well. I think that's what makes it especially creepy in 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 small towns. Like like probably horrible stuff happens in in every uh, big city all the time. But but uh, if you live in a small town, you know the victims and you know uh, the perpetrators as well. Yeah. And it has all it it it, it has a weirdly personal uh, quality. Even even if you don't don't know them personally, like uh, I uh, know people who. Um, who were very affected uh, by the, the the deaths because uh, the victims were very close to them. Uh, mm. So yeah, it's it's um, it, it 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 gets a weird um, a weird a weird closeness. Plus, I think uh, there's another thing uh, about this whole case which makes it, I think, a bit bigger than just a criminal case. Like infrastructure. Um, Today, there is a train going from that slightly bigger village to the smaller village, so uh, nobody no really needs a lift uh, from, from, from people they don't really know. Um, and I think that's important, um, that, that, that kind of stuff. And um, most of, most of the, uh, the, the horribleness of that whole case, I think, could, could have probably been prevented had people, um, I don't know, thought about certain things. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it could have always been prevented. The judge just locked the guy up for the first time. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because um, yeah. he didn't even need to change his name because he never even got charged with anything, so he just kind of moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He, uh, I don't know if he moved for social pressures or anything. He just, he just uh, moved. As I said, he had a, a pretty well-paying job as a graphic designer, um, early 20s. He seemed to be pretty, yeah, well off, doing well for himself, uh, not really having any any kinds of problems. Is he still in the asylum now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's still he's still in there. I, the, as, he, he he's not ever getting out, uh, except someone falls in love with him again and uh, helps him. As a as a writer and a, as a creator of, and you know, you say yourself that you were inspired to write about you know all these events that happened um we are you ever tempted to just go and interview him just on a professional basis oh that's interesting um yes and no um yeah. it's quite hard yeah. isn't it? because you don't know if you what to do or say and then at the same time you want to like strangle him <laughs> yeah well I, I i've seen interviews with with the horrible people um like like uh stuff the, the stuff they've done i don't even want to talk about uh but but, but there's on, on youtube there's interviews with, with with horrible horrible individuals and um i don't know how much there is really to learn from that because uh i often see them as a pretty empty shell and 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 they rarely say anything profound. Uh, and, and, I mean, oftentimes they will be asked for motivations, and most of the time they said, "Well, because I could." Yeah. And if, if if you read about this guy, he he will say stuff like, "Yeah, I don't know, I just got the urge, and then I did it." And it's um, I don't know how interesting I find that to be, and I and I don't know how interesting I I want to find that to be, like um. I think oftentimes when we see uh, stories about serial killers, like, I don't know, for example, The Fall or something like that. Um, I think, uh, for example, the, the, the Fall, I think, is a great example because I think that starts out pretty, pretty great. But then at some point, they, in, in, in my view, 
seem to fall in love with their serial killer and they seem to find him very, very interesting. Yeah. And I don't know how, how much, how, how good I think it is to, 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 to find that this destructiveness so very interesting. Like, um, I, like when, when I look at these people, there's a big nothing. And um, this, is, <laughs> this is a Stephen King quote. Stephen King said in, uh, in, in The Stand, he, he, was, he was writing about, I don't know, uh, have, have you read The Stand by Stephen uh, King? No, that's one of the books I haven't, I haven't read. Okay, uh, like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a silly thing, but, 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 but um, I'm, I'm getting to a point. Uh, he's he's uh, dividing up uh, humanity then in, in, in uh, the people who create and the people who only destroy. And um, while, of course, dividing up humanity is a, a difficult concept, uh, I, I, I often think about that. Like um, people who can do nothing but destroy and victimize other people how interested am I in them? I think media and, 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 and sto storytellers in general tend to be very interested in them, which I understand because when you look at something that you don't understand, you want to make sense of it, you want to uh, get to grasp it, but I think that often there is no sense to it. And I don't know how much, how much of a, a platform uh, is good to give to those people. I think it's interesting to watch the aftermath of a deed like that. I think it's interesting to, to, to engage with uh, the victims or uh, the people who are close to the victims. Uh, I think these, these cases make interesting material. I don't think these people make interesting protagonists, if that makes sense. Yeah, so they're more kind of the antagonists and when you kind of see uh, why they do what they do, you kind of just think, well, am I supposed to feel sorry for them? you know, because they, they start talking about their childhood and all that kind of stuff. And then you just kind of think, well, is that an excuse? You know, that kind of stuff, I guess. I guess people just yeah. want to see them as human, like they are human and don't want to believe they about monsters because that would scare them even more. I they, mean, shockingly, often they don't even talk about their childhood. Like uh, the, 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 the Heath murderer, for example, he grew up pretty okay. Um, so I... <laughs> And, and, and I don't know if I, if, if I would want like a, a backstory that, 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 that humanizes that or, or, or makes it understandable uh, or if I would just want that to be a very horrible thing um, and that person to be a very horrible person. Uh, I don't know. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I think as antagonists, sure, uh, cool. But you also want to want a great... Antagonist. I, I, I think in, in, in this Heath murderer case, I find everything around that so fascinating. I don't know how fascinating I find the guy. Like, I, I would be very interested in talking to uh, that, that psychiatrist who, yeah. um, who, who freed him, uh, her story. That, that would be pretty fascinating to me, I think. Where is she now? I have no idea. Uh, her name, I think, wasn't disclosed. Like in the, uh, like his his name is well known, uh, and, and and that's all uh, public. Um, I he Thomas something, um, but 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 her, uh, I couldn't find anything. Um, but I would really be interested in that. Yeah, and and seeing finding out why, because then because sometimes you, you you think, well, is she just playing along just for his sake? Or, you know, but then, but then to actually break him out and then go on the run, you think, oh no, actually, no, she's actually fallen under his spell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's like, uh, sorry. No, sorry, carry on. 
I, I, I don't know. I just thought about the uh, third season of Hannibal. <laughs> I liked Hannibal. Just after talking about how serial killers don't make good protagonists. I love the Hannibal series. Do you, do you, have, you, have you watched that? My grandfather is a huge fan of uh, the books. The Hannibal books. Ah, okay, okay, okay. No, I, um, I, I mean the, 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 the TV show by, by Brian Fuller, I think. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen like a couple of episodes. But for me, like Hannibal would always be Anthony Hopkins in my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really like the show. And uh, in, in season three or something, he, he abducts his uh, psychiatrist, uh, played by Gillian uh, Andrews, actually. Um, yeah, and that's... Um, or Anderson? Gillian Anderson? Gillian Anderson, uh, yeah. Anderson, yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah she, 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 she plays his uh, psychiatrist. And um, that's just that's a fascinating plot. And it's pretty close to um, what happened in that tiny, tiny village nobody has ever heard about. Well, they probably took inspiration. I mean, <laughs> I think Maybe. researchers probably did that, which actually follows on to your own inspiration and the work that you you create. And you say that you're inspired by these. Mm -hmm. Do you find it kind of um, cathartic in a way? It's kind of like better to, to write it out and kind of make sense of it when you're creating yes. it? Yes. Uh, I think I, uh, like, uh, I grew up in that tiny, tiny village and I grew up pretty angry. Um, but for different reasons, uh, we had like uh, close to that village, there was, um, there was another town uh, where militant neo-Nazis had a shop and from there they would uh, organize and um, that was uh, having uh, horrible consequences for everyone uh, living around there. Like, I don't know if, if, if you've heard about the, the NSU, that was a recent thing in Germany, uh, it blew up, that was like... Uh, right-wing extremist terrorist underground organization that had actually uh, been built up by the German secret service. It's horrible, but apparently it's over now. Um, and those guys were involved with that. So there was like this really violent uh, militant neo-Nazi scene and um, everyone would look away. And in like a small town that gets very close like you know these people who say well it's not that bad and you think well it's it's pretty pretty fucking bad yeah. um so so i was i was very 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 angry with everyone in that whole area um and 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 we were like we we, we organized uh protests against that and that uh again put us and our friends in horrible danger and there were incredibly uh, violent situations and it was it, it was just a, a big mess and uh, at some point i had to get out there for safety reasons um and i was and am very angry about all that and uh, when i when i write i of course i start with myself and i start thinking about what have i um uh, what, what, what have I seen in my life? And uh, I often uh, go back to like small town stories and, and have, um, have them sort of horror themed. Um, but I think this is again similar to my thing with uh, serial killers as protagonists. I had and have a problem of really writing about that thing, about those, about neo-Nazis because... Um, too close to heart is too... It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's very close. And, and, and mo most of the time when I see this kind of stuff depicted, um, I think it's depicted in the wrong way. Uh, because I think in, in this case, especially, it's very, very wrong to um, empathize with them. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think that works. And I think that's actually harmful. Like uh, uh, movies like American History X, 
where a, a charismatic, swaggy uh, Edward Norton will play this charismatic, awesome, cool neo-Nazi and uh, kill someone in a horrible way in the first scene, like uh, that, 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 that kicking thing. I don't know the uh, English yeah, yeah. word. I, I remember watching that for the first time and thinking that the whole movie, actually, I was thinking uh, that, that's the only movie I've left thinking it just stays with you. Just even the yeah. And neo-Nazis love that movie and they have imitated that scene hundreds of times. Um, and I get pretty pissed at that. I would not want my work to have that effect. Um, so I find it hard to depict that kind of stuff because I think it's just nasty. There's nothing intriguing or interesting about that. It's just disgusting. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would want to watch something that's just disgusting and doesn't offer me any, like not, 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 not even entertainment value because these people aren't even entertaining. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I cannot really um, write about that directly. But um, then it, it, it sort of became a thing for, for me to find out more about that region because I was so angry with that region. And then I found out, wow, this region is very, very horrible and has always been. Um, and they have, like, yeah, there was this serial killer in the 90s. There was a serial killer in the 50s. Um, and there are these, these random murders and, and uh, these weird suicides and everything seems haunted and evil and bad and as if there's like an an evil root in there and that's uh that i think that's the thing that uh, happens actually I'm, i'm i'm talking about stephen king too much i'm not just reading stephen king i'm not even reading stephen king that much but okay, I love it, stephen. go ahead go ahead yeah me too me too but uh <laughs> still i um i get self-conscious um in, in it, that really speaks to me, where, where, where he also makes that about, like, there's this evil thing in this town that makes the people act evil, and it has always been around. And that reflects uh, my own um, experiences in small towns, uh, in small town environments, really well. And so, yeah, that's, I think, wh wh why I find that stuff interesting, because I... I guess I, I, at some point I will write about the other stuff, but I'm still 10 years uh, after yeah, not really there. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, I like the slightly more fantastical uh, version. Is it just um, sort of screen that you do? Or do you, do you kind of write um, like stories and prose as well? Uh, I, I do in, but in German, like uh, I, I, I have a podcast, um, uh, The Last Henrik's podcast. Um, there's an international version where we have an English language film uh, history podcast, uh, but in the German version, uh, the Last Henrik's podcast. Uh, podcast. I've just, for example, read uh, a novella I've 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 written uh, set in the Cthulhu mythos, um, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. I, I I do that every now and then, but uh, yeah, my my uh, my focus lies uh, on, on on screenwriting. So. Um, I write my own screenplays and I make uh, independent films uh, all the time. Uh, do you um, go back to your hometown to film? I mean, I know you mentioned you said like you like to film on location. Um, has anything actually happened, apart from the guy who drowned his, his daughter, has anything actually happened to you guys while you're working on, um, on the films? Because you hear these stories about, you know, people doing horror movies and they go on location and things start happening. I don't know. I'm just, is there anything that's ever happened to you guys or is it all just normal? Well, uh, actually on that, on that shoot, when, 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 when that horrible murder happened, um, I think it was that night or the next night, 
um, when I thought I had left my wallet uh, somewhere on location, and we had we had just shot right in the middle of the forest, far away from any from any tracks. Um, so I went back uh, deep into the forest late at night. It was dark. I went on my own, and um, now I uh, really have to look up a word. Um, there was uh, wait a second. It was quicksand. Quicksand. Um, quicksand. Yes, there was quicksand. Uh, I think that's probably the word. That it's it's a swampy region. Um, yeah, and you're sinking in it. Yeah, and at some point, so 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 I just I just walked uh, through through the uh, through the forest, and suddenly I was um, up until uh, here, I think, until right uh, under my shoulders in um, quicksand. And um, I thought, well, this is uh, unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know how to get out of here. Um, there, there was, there was a, um, I, I, I was able to reach a tree and uh, pull myself out. And it uh, smelled horribly. It was, uh, it was a horrible uh, thing to happen. And it's, I, I, I wish this would be like a, like, a, <laughs> like, a, like a proper horror film. So I could say, well, that, that film is clearly haunted. Um, but it's a comedy. It's a horror comedy about some love. We were basically uh, spoofing Lovecraft. Um, but yeah, that, that, that happened. And then at some point we were shooting in that forest. Uh, I, 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 uh, a branch hit my eye and I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to, get get some minor eye surgery so that 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 film actually did feel kind of haunted yeah wow because <laughs> i um i don't know if you've if you've listened to any of them but i kind of did some podcasts on fairy tales mm -hmm. and um a lot of them i mean most of them obviously happened in uh, in europe and germany and you kind of you know that just what you were saying about that that house in the woods it's really like Hansel and gretel or Little Red Riding Hood, yes. Snow White, and then they it's always yes. they always end up like kids or you know young women, and they always just end up in the woods, and then there's always just a random house, and it has either you know a witch or there's this the wolf, and then you know, and I'm I'm sort of trying to find the origins of these stories, and a lot of them are have pretty dark origins in itself, um, back from you know whatever century it was it was told. Mm -hmm. And then now, then you're telling me the story, and it only happened in the '90s, and it, but it just feels so fairy tale like. Yeah. All of it's still going on, just, just like what? <laughs> you know, it just feels the parallels <laughs> are all still there, literally. Like when you were setting the scene about the house and the woods, it's like. Yeah. Yeah, it all just felt like brought back all those memories of when I was researching for all of those stuff. I, maybe that's why I love creepy fairy tales so much. I think I think the, the all, yeah, the, the, all the all the Grimm's fairy tales I think should be made in, in dark in, into dark uh, fantasy films. I, I I love that kind of story. I love to write uh, that kind of story, but I haven't uh, published uh, anything yet. But uh, yeah, like I think I think my my films often have a fairy tale like quality to them like most of them are, are set in in some kind of forest um and there's always something uh not quite natural going on um so yeah uh, i think the 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 the, uh, the woods have that they they make things feel like fairy tales and very very dark and i don't know i don't know what it is about it but yeah it's it's definitely a thing um, is there anything you're working on at the moment anything new you're working on 
Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. Um, like at the at the moment, uh, that, that that's another thing. Um, when uh, so 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 when I went when I went back to make Second Commando versus Cthulhu, um, which is on YouTube but doesn't have English subtitles yet, so whatever. Um, I um, that 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 was horrible, and there was a murder happening, and the 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 whole town was exactly as I uh, had remembered it, but. Um, few years later, I went back and we shot a series called F60 Kamikaze, which is again about uh, people growing up in that kind of small town and it sort of uh, deals more head on with uh, the frustration of um, growing up in, in, in a really close-minded small town. Still not about Nazis, but it's, it's, it's close. Um, and that's a, that's a seven-part miniseries that uh, we have put our everything uh, into. Like, uh, I don't know, all, all the money I ever had and all the time and years of my life. It's still not done yet. We're, um, we're deep into post-production. It will hopefully be done this year and uh, be released this year. It's a really big project for me. And um, like 100 people worked on it. And it's a, it's a huge thing. Um, and to shoot that, uh, we went. We also went back to to um, to the village and the slightly bigger village right next to it, and um, shot all the stuff on location. Like it's filled with with stories that didn't uh, necessarily happen to me, but happened to people who I knew, with characters who are uh, made up of many people who I actually have encountered. Um, like I think whenever some, somebody said uh, where we were de developing the scripts, whenever somebody went, well, that's not really, really realistic, I could point to the real thing that had happened. Um, so we went back to shoot that there. And at that point, I sort of saw that all our work, like all our activism, um, and, and, and like out of, out of that, that protest against those neo-Nazis and their social acceptance grew, a, a kind of culture that hadn't been there before, but that is there still. Um, and that has remained even though we went away. Um, and by now, uh, the, the neo-Nazis have actually gone away. Um, and it has really gotten better. And that was kind of nice to go back and see, wow, uh, we, we did have an impact here. And here is a, uh, there's an alternative culture now. And, and I don't know, um, that was just, that was kind of nice. So that is um, not exactly what we were looking for, not, um, not the horrible hauntedness, but that was nice to see, okay, it, it, it got better. Um, so we, we made that, uh, we, we're um, making that. I hope it will come out this year. That was, that, that, that's really, uh, a pro the project of a lifetime it's um it's really big um and then we just made uh in december um during lock lockdown under like lockdown conform conditions uh with only three actors we made a movie here in my flat um that's called covid metamorphoses um like like oh, oh, like ovid's metamorphoses you know yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of <laughs> clever right <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we developed that with those uh, three actors um, and, and, and it's, it's taking um, motifs of the, of the mythological stories of the metamorphoses and uh, putting them in, um, uh, yeah, in, in, a, in a living community in lo on lockdown um, over, over Christmas. 
So it starts out as a Christmassy rom-com and then those mythological elements start to creep in and it has like a ton of magical realism and uh, I really love it and I'm very proud of it. Uh, the last couple of days we've, um, we haven't slept much around here and have just sat uh, on, the, um, on the editing computer and uh, we're very close to finished. Um, I'm going to write and record the soundtrack, but that's the last thing that has to be done and that is ho hopefully going to be released. Um, around Christmas this year, I hope. Maybe, maybe even do, in cinemas, but... You should do everything. Like, you, you film and you write and you direct and you act and record and edit yeah. everything. Wow. We're, we're like, we're like, we're, we're, we're three people. Um, we're, we're like a filmmaking punk band. So it's, uh, it's, it's me, then it's uh, Nissan Arikan, um, who, who edits and produces the films and develops them with me. She's my girlfriend and we share the a film by uh, credits pretty much always. Uh, so so um, she's, she's the editor and also she's often an actress um, in, the, in the films. Uh, and then there's uh, Christian Grundei, a uh, fellow filmmaker from Hamburg. He's also a director and he's our DOP and uh, helps with all kinds of, of uh, technical stuff. So um, yeah, by now um, there's nothing in the production process that uh, the three of us cannot do. And mm -hmm. uh, that's the way our films uh, get developed. Before then though, like when you were screening it um, before COVID, did you ever go back to those villages that you were filming in and like your hometown and those other places and screened um, your stuff there actually no <laughs> i've i've shot a lot of stuff there but we were not able to ever screen something there um which is uh not because of me i tried uh they didn't want didn't that want okay. there, there, there's like there's like one cinema in that whole area and uh they they weren't interested and uh there are other cultures uh, culture places but the film sounded too uh, the, 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 I think at some point I wrote them an email and I pitched them a couple of films that we had and asked, can we show any of this um, at, at, at your place? And they answered me, no, those do not sound suitable. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so they're, no. happy for, they're happy to film it and show it to the rest of the world, like their, their, their village in the rest of the world, but they don't want to see it themselves. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway. Like like when we when we shoot F sixty, I'm sure we, we're gonna go back and show F sixty kamikaze there because um, there's a there's like a youth center where the um, the people really were very supportive of the project and helped us. And there's a guy that we know pretty well. He's 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 a friend. Uh, and I guess if nowhere else, then it's gonna be shown there because they are proud of uh, taking part in it. Because we 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 organized like a big free concert of a, um, a very popular uh, German hip-hop group there um, because a scene was set during uh, that, that, that concert and then we actually um, had the concert happen and that was really cool and um, really cool for the kids in that town. Um, that was like a big event. So I think they will want to screen it somehow, but um, they haven't been there long now. So uh, before that, no, there was no way of showing anything there. And when we, um, like, that's not a poor area. Uh, I think in, uh, when, we, when we pitched F60 Kamikaze, I was often uh, talking about British shows like uh, Skins or uh, This is England, uh, in which I think uh, the, the, these shows do very well in depicting um, 
the 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 small town uh coming of age frustration it's yeah. great and that kind of thing does not exist in germany so we were always saying okay look at the end of the fucking world look at um skins and all of that stuff that's what we want to do uh, the main difference is that people in these small towns uh, here in Germany, they aren't poor. Um, those are rich people. And um, when, we, uh, when we started looking for people to give us money to shoot that, um, a journalist from that local newspaper told us, well, there is plenty of millionaires living around here. Uh, let's, let's just uh, let, let's do this. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a, a big article about you and it's going to be on the front page and uh, all these people are going are gonna, to uh, want to invest in that, in that show. So we did that. And the only, <laughs> the only response we got was that, uh, I, I don't know, we, we, we went into a special part of the forest that looks especially beautiful and we said, um, we want to shoot here. And then some guy wrote to us, well, I am actually uh, a hunter and I have a license to hunt in that area. And uh, no, uh, you're not going to shoot there because that's going to disturb the animals and then I can't hunt them. That was the only response. So yeah, these people, people there really hate me. <laughs> well, one day, one day. Well, I try to give them lots of reasons to hate me. I don't think people there will, will love F-60 Kamikaze. The, the village is not represented in a way that it w is going to want to be represented. I, I hate that place and I hate those people. They've, they've uh, gotten better. but it's good, to hmm? be it's good to be controversial. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and finally, um, what do you hope that people can sort of take away from your work and your stories? Ah, that's interesting. Um, when we were developing uh, F60 Kamikaze, um, one, one, one guy um, actually uh, said, um, what are you trying to say with this? And I was like, I was very taken aback by that question. And then he said, well, you, you, you are talking to a, to a young audience. So, so what's your message? Because your message seems to be everything is shit. Deal with it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, then I became aware of that in that particular story. Um, and I think, I think up until then, the stuff I, I, I wrote uh, often had a quite pessimistic outlook. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was kind of angry in my early 20s. Um, so my, my, my first film is called um, Why Hans Wagner Hates the Starry Sky. Um, and it's, it's, it starts out as a, as a cliche romantic comedy and then Lovecraftian, uh, Lovecraft is another thing that I like to go back to, uh, Lovecraftian gods come, come in and everything gets blown apart. So uh, my point there was, okay, right, uh, there's the hero's journey, right? So the hero has to uh, do certain things, put himself out there, go on an adventure, and then he will change and things will change and things will get better. Well, not in this case, my hero goes on his journey and then something entirely out of his control like like a like a um like a storm like like a pandemic something he cannot control in this case lovecraftian gods happen and everything goes to shit so um that was what i was trying to say there and then um then later on i think the film that 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 uh, kind of um put us on our path uh to travel to international film festivals and the first of my films that that, that was um actually distributed by an American distributor called Leon Must Die. It's on Amazon Prime. 
um, th th that's a lot about death. Like there's a, a young guy, mid twenties, who's terminally ill, and he develops a tech, uh, he develops technology to upload his mind into a computer, so he can never die. But this means the downfall of mankind. So people from the future send back an assassin um, to kill Leon, but the assassin falls in love with Leon, and then hilarity ensues. And uh, it's basically it's a lot like um, before sunrise. It reminds me a bit of Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Before Sunrise meets Terminator. So uh, the, the, the two of them go around and they philosophize uh, uh, about, about death. And, um, and uh, yeah, and in the end, they um, make a decision. Um, so 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 that there's always a very i i think uh pessimistic and and um and 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 sort of angry outlook but also like uh look at these nasty things that are undeniably true yeah. like stuff outside of your control can happen and it can exactly. screw up everything you will die and it will not be cool it will be awful it will happen that 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 was often a message that I was or, or am pressing and then uh, yeah then later we made a film called Performaniacs which is a bit more political I think it's a satire about um, about a theater troupe uh, who lives by the motto everything is allowed in art and they do mean everything uh, including murder and uh, that's 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 sort of a satire on the the American discussion about free speech and like um, just just looking at where are the boundaries of that um uh so yeah i like to uh in a in an entertaining way with uh, hopefully likable characters and a lot of humor uh look at unpleasant trees and in f60 kamikaze then i actually went back and and thought okay all right what 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 can I say that that is a bit more productive than just well that's that's terrible, and um, then it became more about um, how uh, um, the uh, it became about what can one do like if 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 you are a small town kid and and it's just this this small town where there's no culture and nobody is interested in you and nothing interested in happening what can you do. Um, other than kill yourself and then it's about how these uh, kids start to uh, make their own um, they, 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 they go and, and, and squat in a building and they have, a, they have events and they, they, they make art so that's I think that, that's, that, that might be quite cliched but that's the thing that I always um, go back to to the, to, the, um, to the healing powers for the individual and the society uh, in all of storytelling and art. Great. Thank you so much, Lars. Um, um, I'll put all the links of um, everything so people can find it out in the... Awesome. Thank you. Um, including your podcast as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.